sinners and saints. Dust off those horns and halos. It's time for Alan After Dark. Sinners and saints, welcome to the latest edition of Alan After Dark. I'm your host, Alan, as always, and I've got to tell you that I am having one fucked up day, if I have to be honest about it. I mean, starting off being nearly sexually assaulted by my shower liner was an interesting way to kick off this morning, followed by being maced by hand sanitizer, which is a long story as well. And I feel like I need to get some of this stressful energy out. And the best way, I think, is by talking to anyone or no one who will listen. Let me just clarify that the hand sanitizer incident was actually of my own doing. I maced myself with it. So before you think that I've accosted someone and they were defending themselves, uh, let me just correct you. No, it was self-inflicted. That wound was self-inflicted. And I'm telling you that hand sanitizer in the eyes is quite painful. I'm hoping that my eyes don't look like Rudolph's red nose when I go out for happy hour in just a little while. So how are you all doing today? I hope you're feeling good. I hope you're feeling sexy. I should add on top of all my other issues that I've had this morning, the Supreme Court of the United States, if you want to call them that, I actually call them right-wing fascist partisan hacks, really. They've done their best to make it more difficult to be a member of the LGBTQ plus community, once again. But what do you expect with people like the orange turd and the numbskull fascist pigs that are known as the Republican Party? But there we go again, tiptoeing into some politics. But as I've said before, it's not politics when it's your life we're talking about. So anyway, let's get that out of the way get that energy used up because this episode, I really want to talk about the quote unquote straight guy. I think when a gay man hears that, you know exactly what I mean. Now, let's just see a raise of hands of who, of any gay man who's not had an experience with a so-called straight man because we all have, haven't we? All of us have had at least one experience with someone who said that they were straight. And I know that a lot of us, I think most of us, have had an, at least one experience with a married man. And those can be quite fucked up as well. I almost said challenging, but it's beyond that sometimes, you know? And I'm not going to try to judge here, although I guess this will sound judgmental. I just want to express the difficulties that we have that I've had in trying to explore a relationship with someone who will not let go of the concept of being straight or cis or hetero, however you want to describe it. So I guess we may have to go back in time to one of my first encounters with a straight man. And once again, let me just remind everyone that names will, will be changed to protect the guilty. But however, in this episode, 
I may be enjoying a pre-happy hour cocktail, so with my vodka-laced lips, I may accidentally let a name slip that I should have changed, but hopefully during the editing process, I can fix that. You know what? Shit happens, right? Anyway, I believe the first time I was surprised by heterosexual people was at a club. It was the first club I ever went to. My first experience in a club was at this club, and it was called uh, The Carousel. And it was one of those places that just became heaven to me. It was a place that was magical, ugly, and beautiful at the same time. It was a place where you could be a gay person and express yourself any way you wanted, within the rules, of course, without harsh judgment. Everybody that was there was there to have a good time and to enjoy being who they were. One of the things that I think that took me by surprise was the number of straight people that came. And a lot of them were really cool people that just loved to come to a dance club that had great music and you could dance and you could be free and you wouldn't be judged either. But it, in, in all honesty, it did confuse me sometimes. I was puzzled why they would want to come to a place that was really designed for gay people. You know, and it obviously that was a learning curve. I was learning because, you know, the discrimination of the right wing and the haters of the gay community, that can cross over to you to where you believe that if they believe that they they should be separate from us, maybe we should believe that too. And it took a while to learn or unlearn those prejudices about people, even though some of those prejudices initially when I was coming out and, and at the beginning actually kept me safe. So anyway, I'm drifting off to a tangent there. So this couple, I noticed them the first time. It's hard to explain the club layout, but the, the dance floor was actually a sunken dance floor and there was a railing around the top that you could stand around and you could look down into the dance floor. You could see the people dancing. You could watch people dancing and stuff. Before I really got into dancing, I, I would spend a lot of time on that railing with my drink watching people dance and, and, and looking at the, the beautiful people, the, the sexy people, and the people having fun. And one night I noticed this guy and girl dancing and I had made a few friends at that point. And I asked, I said, who are they? They said, oh, it's just a straight couple that comes in and they love to dance and party here because they can do it without judgment and they can have fun and they love the music. And I was really impressed with that, but I was really impressed with him. Uh, let's call him Mike. He was a sandy blonde haired that was just a little bit long, not, not, it was close to his shoulders, but it wasn't shoulder length. And he had a, a mustache and he had this great physique. He was just, he pushed my buttons. And I was, I always said, I thought his girlfriend was so lucky and I was so happily jealous of her having this very attractive man in her life that would come to a gay bar and dance half the night away. So that was really the incentive for me to start dancing. I would have a friend dance with me 
and we would dance close to where they were. And it was a strategy just to see if I could get his attention. And the truth is, I never got his attention, ever, it seemed. He was all about the girlfriend and having fun. They were always polite, but it was, it was all about them. And I can respect that. I did respect that. I saw them for a couple of years at least coming in. It wasn't like every weekend, but they would come in once a month, maybe twice a month. And I always enjoyed seeing them. It just was part of an energy that I really did crave. And I liked seeing them having fun. But eventually, they seemed to disappear, not come around as much. At some point, you know, they drifted out of my memory. And I grew more confident in myself. Uh, I enjoyed dancing all the time. I loved some of the attention that got me. Apparently, when I was a twink, I was a very attractive twink to a lot of people, and I had the finest ass in town, apparently. At least I was told that by three or four different guys, but they were probably drunken out of their minds and just looking for a piece. Men are pigs. But I'm, I'm good with that, you know, because I'm a pig, too. <laughs> now, let's flash forward just a couple more years. A new club had opened in town, and it was the biggest club that any of us had ever seen. It was... A giant space, incredible music, great lighting, incredible everything. It was just an amazing venue for gay people and all people to come dance and, to be honest, hook up and have as many one-night stands that you could have, even more than one-night stand on any given night. So I was resistant at first to go to this club because I'm very faithful to the one club that I came out to. I really wanted to stay with that. But for a little while there, nobody was going to the original club in town. They were going to this new club, and we'll call it the EB. So finally, my friends convinced me to go over. And when I walk in, the place is packed, but it's gigantic. And it was like this brand new high-tech playground with wall-to-wall studs, just hot men everywhere, shirts off, sweating, just looking, well, I'll just say that if it was a buffet, I would have jumped in head first and I would have had a dozen plates every night. So we go in and I'm just taking in this spectacle. We decide to go up to the bar to get a drink and lo and behold, the straight guy that used to dance all the time at Carousel was a bartender. Mike was a bartender at the other place. He actually remembered me. He just said, oh, you used to dance a lot at the carousel. And I'm like, well, yes, I did. And you did too with your girlfriend. He goes, yeah. And he goes, she's right there. And so she was sitting at the end of the bar, kind of like out of the way. But apparently, anytime he worked on the weekends, she would come in and sit there and keep him company, even though he was so busy that he rarely had time to spend with her. I guess looking back on it, it didn't seem, well, looking at it now, I kind of realized that maybe her presence at the end of the bar every time he was there working was maybe the first subconscious signal that I received that maybe she didn't trust him to be in this gay dance club without her, that maybe there was an implication there that he might do something that she would not approve of. 
in other words, maybe she was just jealous and afraid. But I felt like at that point, she had nothing to worry about. It seemed like he was totally happy and everything seemed fine. So like most things that happen in the regular world, in business and entertainment, the club attendance started to decline. And it wasn't as busy as it had been when it was the hottest thing in town. So it became one of those ritualistic things where certain nights it would be busy and other nights it wouldn't. All my friends who know me know that I love going out on Friday nights. I just absolutely think it's the best night to to get all that pent-up energy of the week out right after work. Just be full of life and love and fun and partying and fucking and sucking if you want to. Whatever you want to do, I think, is what I like to do on Friday nights. Uh, and Saturdays were just extra dessert sometimes. So it turned out as, as time went on that the Friday nights became slow, but their Saturday nights remained busy. There were certain Friday nights where the bartenders would drink a little more, party a little more, and be a little bit more flirtatious. And the EB had the hottest bartenders in town. Obviously, I had this thing where I really wanted to seduce every bartender I could. And when I say seduce, that sounds too sweet and polite, doesn't it? I wanted to suck them all off. I wanted to blow them all. And I would test those limits every chance I got, with one exception, with Mike, the straight bartender. Then, one night, I had to go pee. So I went to the men's room and the men's room at the EB was a large men's room. There were at least, I believe, six or seven urinals to the right and to the left. There were at least three stalls, maybe four stalls. And that was when you walked in, you turned to the right. And so that's where that was set up. When you walked in to the left, there was a, a row of mirrors. So. Basically, if you had to wait in line for people to finish peeing, you you leaned against the area where the mirrors were. But on this night, this Friday night, it was, uh, I guess, probably midnight or so. We've been having fun all night. I've been flirting with a couple of the bartenders and a couple of guys and uh, had to go pee. And so I go in uh, to use the bathroom and I notice right away that the first stall, the door is cracked. And I see that it's Mike standing there. Strangely enough, I guess he heard me come in because there was no one else in the men's room. He turned and looked at me and basically with a nod encouraged me to come into the stall. You all know me. I didn't hesitate. I went into the stall, closed the door and locked the stall door. And he basically was just showing off standing there with a heart on and his dick was at least 10 inches if not more uh, maybe the vodka and other things that i was indulging in that night may have given me magnifying glasses for eyes but i just could not believe the size of his hard dick obviously he was very proud of it i basically went down on him right there in that stall for a minute or two and then looked up at him and then walked out. And I walked back out into the uh, 
club forgetting that I didn't use the bathroom and go to the bar to get another drink, feeling this thrill in my brain, in my heart, and in my pants. And as sure as the sun rises, his girlfriend sitting there, the other bartender is tied up with other people at the lower end. And I was at the section that Mike was responsible for, but he was in the men's room. The girlfriend calls out to me, oh, he'll be back in a minute. He had to take a break. So if you don't mind waiting, I'm like, thanks, I will. I appreciate that. That is a secret that I've not told. I don't think anyone knows that that happened between me and that bartender. And once that happened, he realized that I wasn't going to tell anyone. It happened more and more and more. I would make a conscious effort to watch him to see when he would go to the men's room and I would follow him in. And let's just say that it got more intense every time. And we got, got away with it. Nobody ever caught us, except for one time his boss, he was showing off to me. He was he was peeing at the urinal, and he stepped back to show off his erection. And I was sitting back at least to see the, the, the door, the entranceway. I did a quick glance over and looked back, and he realized what I was doing, and he pushed himself forward so he didn't get caught. Now, I don't think the bosses would have minded that so much since some of us were spending a whole lot of money there. But I didn't want him to be fired for that. So let me add on top of that, that there were at least two bouncers at the time that were also straight. One of them was a hot muscle ginger, which is one of my weaknesses. And the other was this straight laced macho army guy who just, I guess, just checked every box for me. The crew cut haircut, soft blonde hair, firm brow, jawline that was incredible, chiseled body, really. They were both just so appealing to me. And I'm at that point in my life, I was very aggressive with my sexual proclivities and made no secret that I would do both of them whenever they wanted. I would do whatever they wanted to do if they wanted to do it. I think because I was so confident in that and word got out that you could do things with me and Alan would not tell anyone that it gave them the chance to experiment if the opportunity arose. Now, this was all happening at the same time. So I was actively seeking out the straight guys that were working in a gay club. I don't know if you guys know the reason why straight guys go to gay bars, but I did hear from a straight guy that I know who is heterosexual. He is definitely on the Kinsey scale on the heterosexual side, almost a one, I would say. He told me the reason that he and his buddy came to the gay clubs is because most of the girls that hung out with the gay guys were straight. Most of the girls who hung out with, with the gay guys were better at sex than girls who didn't hang out with gay guys. And there was no competition really for those girls in those clubs. And I thought that really does make sense. But having said that, a lot of those guys, if a girl wasn't available, would be inclined to indulge with a guy. You know, there's the old saying about what's the difference between a gay guy and a straight guy, and that's a six-pack of beer. 
Well, in my experience, in some cases, that's actually pretty true. So my adventure continued with the straight bartender at the EB for many, many months. It just seemed like we were always going to be able to do the things we did and get away with it. I wasn't, for some reason, a jealous type, I guess because I was really into my adventurous stage and really wanted to experience different things. I also have probably an overactive curiosity. I love the intrigue of people and their behavior. I had a tendency to spy on other people when they were having sex or something, fooling around or anything in the men's room. One night, the bar was hosting strippers, male strippers, and there were a lot of girls there. And so all the so-called straight bouncers and straight bartenders, the males were in basically hog heaven, it seemed like. And I did catch the bartender that I had been fooling around with in the men's room stall with a girl getting a blowjob. And I thought, you know what? It, it, it finally occurred to me that a label didn't work for him. He just loved getting off. He loved sex and he didn't care if it was with a guy or with a girl. And that was intriguing to me as well. There's something about that that is a, a turn on as well. All this would be happening with his supposed girlfriend sitting at the bar, sipping a drink, thinking, I guess that everything is all right. It would have been all right, I guess, if that's what she could accept. But it became clearer and clearer that she didn't have control of the situation and she didn't want him to be sexually active with any, anybody else but with her. This all came to a head with me on a a weird time, but there was a Friday night where the EB was just as dead as could be. And, you know, the, the management team will, would release people from work that night because there just wasn't enough to do. And the straight bartender was the one that was released and he came over and he just wanted to hang out. So he was there and we were drinking together. And I could tell he was under the influence of something more than just alcohol because he was much more spirited. He was much more aggressively fun. He wasn't just coming off as a horny dude who needed to, who needed to get his rocks off. So we were hanging out and the club, the bar was dead as a doornail. And he just said, you want to go over to Carousel? And I was like, sure, let's go. And we did. We were having a good time and we were there and we were drinking and stuff. And he said, do you want to dance? And I'm like, sure. I guess that was the pinnacle of my excitement with him. There was something about it with me dancing with him on that dance floor that I had seen him dance with a girl many, many years before thinking that I would never have a chance with a guy like that. And here I was on the same dance floor dancing with him and knowing virtually every part of his body at that time. But unfortunately, as things go, someone that I thought was a friend, I mean, they were a friend, but they happened to casually mention to his girlfriend that he saw us at the club dancing together. I guess it was probably even the next week she got in my face and called me uh, a fucked up bitch for hanging out with her man. And instead of just shrugging it off, I was defensive and I just said to her, 
well, you know what? It takes two to tango and walked away. Well, she didn't take that too kindly. So she confronted her boyfriend who then confronted me. And he was like, you've ruined everything. Why did you tell her that it takes two to tango? He wanted me to pretend like I was just this wicked man who seduced him when he was the weakest and he was drunk and and it didn't really matter. So he didn't speak to me for quite a while, even though I would still come out to the bar and I'm not afraid of that. And it does take two to tango. You know, I'm not the one who cheated on her. He did. So I did take that blame and it did cause friction with me and the supposed friend that I had. But you know what? I can't really blame anybody. It was my own doing and, and I shouldn't have been mad at him for saying anything because, well, the thing is, is that the irony of it was that was the night that we were totally innocent. It was just two friends hanging out and we just happened to be dancing together. So it was nothing like what we had done before, but his implication was that it must have been an all night thing. And no, after the bar closed, we left. We did kiss for the first time, which was interesting, but he went home and I went home to my place. There was nothing more than that. It was made out to be that we were actually having an affair, which we were, just not on that night. So, oh my, how karma does work its evil wares. And you might think that's the end of the story with him, but it wasn't. It wasn't It wasn't, wasn't even a month, and here he comes again wanting another blowjob in the men's room. And I was happy to accommodate. But eventually he... He leaves the bar. He doesn't work there anymore. And it was about a couple years later that I see him at the mall with apparently his wife. And he he saw me, but he pretended like he didn't know me. And I'm like, well, that's typical. That's a standard process for, uh, that's a standard behavior of straight men. They act that way when they're still trying to be straight. Even though I really did believe that he just liked sex. He just enjoyed getting off. And that's fine too. So what does it all mean? What does this all mean about straight guys? Well, I think it, it means that there is a scale and you, you nobody is on either end of it. We're sort of all maybe in the middle. And one of these days I'll talk about my adventure in the attempt to having sex with a woman. It'll be one of the most hilarious things you've ever heard when we do talk about that. I guess I, I find it still a mystery that men will behave in a way. It's like they'll say that they are repulsed by gay men, but with the male ego, which almost all men have, well, not almost, which all men have, they want to be wanted by everybody. They think that they're the hottest thing in the world and they want to be wanted by everybody, male, female, whatever. They'll act like they don't like it, but they, they, they do like it. And if their dicks were as big as their egos, there wouldn't be a single person on this planet that would not be sexually satisfied. I'm including myself in that category too, you know. I'm a guy, I'm a man, and like I've said, men are pigs. And absolutely, I have a fragile ego. And yes, I want to think that everybody wants me, even though with age, you realize that that's not true. It's just one of those fantasies of a young man, I suppose. And reality with me and with everyone, I'm sure, is right there to kick you in the teeth. And trust me, I have been kicked 
a whole bunch of times. So what am I really saying about straight men? I'm saying that they are like all of us with a much larger ego and probably hair in places that other people don't have. If that sounds stupid, it was a comment that was vodka induced. So that brings us to a separate category, the married man. And when I say married in this example, I'm talking about a man that's married to a woman. Now, hands up my fellow gay brothers. How many of you been with at least one married man? I have to raise my hand several times on that one, but only, well, twice. No, it was just once. One time it was a serious relationship where I was really dating him and he had several children and said he didn't realize that what he was feeling meant that he was gay until after his last child had been born. And he had a lot of kids, a lot of kids. Let's just say that he had more than five. And I kept thinking, wow, he's very sexually active and he's very fertile. So I don't know what I was thinking other than the physical attraction to him, why I would have gotten involved with someone who had a lot of baggage. It was, it was a disaster in the making. I mean, it was a, I was on a ship and it was a, we were heading toward an iceberg bigger than the one that Titanic hit. We dated seriously for, it was about six months. He, well, it was going to be a disaster no matter what. He couldn't reconcile his feelings for me. And he began cheating on me. I was thinking that we were monog uh, monogamous couple. We were being faithful to each other. He wasn't. Now, I should have seen that red flag. I guess it's an old saying as well, is that if they'll cheat on their partner with you, they'll cheat on you. I mean, that's just basically a no-brainer, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, it is. So I should have known better, shouldn't I? I should have. I don't kick myself too much anymore over that. I just call it a learning experience. But what happens with that is, in my in my experience, is that they are so confused by what society tells them and what they've lived versus what their brain is telling them and what their body is telling them as far as their attractions go. I believe some of them, maybe a lot of us, would argue that it's basically a version of Darwinism that men, like most animals, are driven to, they have a natural drive to procreate, that that's what nature intends, and that can justify not being monogamous. Maybe there is an argument to that. It's not one that most of us want to hear, but being a single guy now with no desire to really be in a relationship, I'm okay with that. Sounds like some fun to me. But I know a lot of people want that committed relationship and that's great too it's just that you have to accept that perhaps some men are not going to be monogamous they just do not have it in their instincts or desires and you know it's interesting especially in the gay male community in particular that most guys are most i should probably say some guys are okay with that i think there is an understanding about sexual desire 
and that you can separate your committed relationship that works on every level. But on occasion, maybe you need someone, how would you say it? You need some strange sometimes. I know that I know several couples that as long as it's not discussed or brought up, but it's being handled honestly, that it's accepted and it works for them. And I'm happy for them that it does work for them. I wonder maybe if I could have accepted that and not wanted solely just to be monogamous and had one of my relationships lasted, but would I have been, would I have been satisfied as we got older? But I guess we would have because at some point the sex fades away and you better have other things in common. Otherwise the relationship probably won't last. So that was a, a tangent that I may want to talk about in a different podcast, but it's something interesting to think about because at the end of the day, straight, gay, bi, pan, we all still have the male instincts and drives, don't we? And there I go again, lapsing into my Dr. Drew Pinsky moments. But I think that's part of this podcast too, is that I'm doing it for me. I'm thinking about what I think about, I, what I feel. I'm hoping that by sharing my story, maybe you, whoever is listening, might see a little bit of themselves in me. If that is the case, then I am really happy that I am producing this podcast. But where does this leave us after all these minutes of talking about these straight men that maybe aren't straight to married men who really are gay? What have we learned after this 30 or so minute conversation? Probably nothing that you didn't already know. But in my opinion, most of the guys that I talked about here will never deviate from their own personal definition of themselves. They're going to view themselves as straight, as straight regardless of what they indulge. The guys that I've mentioned in this discussion are all married to women now. The ones that I know still live here in the area. The married man with more than five children is divorced from his wife and is in a relationship with a guy that's been off and on for several years now. So my venting session really does conclude with my own personal belief that most guys who view themselves as straight will always view themselves as straight. And there's really nothing you can do about that. Not that you should. You need to accept it as it is and understand the parameters of that kind of relationship. If you even want to call it a relationship, most people don't call it a relationship. You call it a, I guess we would call it a fuck fest. How about that? It's dirty enough, right? <laughs> I think so. Thank you for joining me for Alan After Dark. I hope you've been entertained. You've enjoyed this episode. Come back and see me. Remember, take life by the balls and indulge.
Thank you.